This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. says, against such there is no law. The law governed. You don't need the law. You need the Holy Spirit. Because He'll produce fruit. We don't want to govern. We want to let go. Notice that these fruits are not works. Things that you do. They are character traits. Who you are. In fact, they're the character traits, if you look at them, which would make us a reflection of Christ. They're His character traits. They happen to us. They come out of us as we abide in Him. How cool is it to consider that when we abide in Jesus and the Holy Spirit fills our hearts, that we actually take on and resemble the character traits of Christ? In today's teaching, Pastor Troy will explore why Jesus used the analogy of fruit and what some of these fruits are that come from our lives as a result of abiding in Him. We don't need to focus on what our next good work should be or if we're doing enough. As a believer, everything will come naturally, simply from abiding in Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John, chapter 15, with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. We're in John 15, verses 8 through 11. Growth is a normal part of life. Um, We all love babies. Um, They smell new. If there's anything, if there's a such thing as smelling new, they smell new. Uh, they're learning so many new things. I remember when I would sit my child out the very first time. You know, I take the grass outside for granted, but I would sit them down. It's like, what is this? They're feeling it. It's like grass. You never seen someone have so much fun with just grass. Boxes. You buy them gifts, and they play with boxes. Could have been so much cheaper those early years. And so there's just something wonderful about babies and, and the newness in their life. They cry, and they're very, very selfish. They don't know better, and so we, we tolerate it. We put up with it because we're training them. There's no major expectation because they don't know, so we put up with it for now. They stumble as they learn to walk. We're teaching them to walk. They see others walk. They want to imitate. They they try to walk, and so we teach them to walk. They learn to talk, and then there's that battle back and forth between mom and dad about which word they said first, mama or dada, and we each hear our own, and we're proud of it. In fact, someone comes over, and dad, your son is in your arm, and you go, dada, And you're so proud, you know, or mom with your mama. And they say mama. And you're so proud. But 16 years pass. Now, in 16 years, you're not going to go, son, come out here. Say it. Dada. (laughs) In all these 16 years, he's still got it. He hasn't lost it. He hasn't lost it. You're not going to be impressed. And the person there is not going to be impressed either. They're going to think, 
this is not normal. <laughs> this is not healthy. This is not good. See, you don't have to be the most skilled parent to expect certain growth in a child. It's natural. Uh, they just naturally grow beyond certain things. In the same way, if we believe in Christ, we should naturally grow. There should be natural growth spiritually, spiritual maturing over time. Now, when it comes to spiritual growth, just like physical maturity, it's not really all about the age. You know, there are some 40 and 50 years old, and physically they're 40 and 50, but they're still pretty immature. And then you see some who are 19, 20 years old because mom or dad, because of the circumstances of life, they've had to grow up fast and they had to raise their siblings and, and they've matured. And at 20 years old, they're responsible and know things that some 40 and 50 year olds don't know or don't do. Well, the same is true in the kingdom of heaven. Just because you've been a Christian for 20 years doesn't mean you're more mature, unfortunately, because we have to abide We have to walk with him. There's trusting in him and obeying him that causes a maturing in us. It's not just over 20 years I'm more mature or I know more about the Lord. It's not even reading the books. You can become very knowledgeable in your head, but nothing really new coming from your life or your heart. The thing about growing in the Lord, spiritual maturity, is that you can grow as much as you want. It's really up to you if you will trust him and obey him. Jesus is speaking about fruitfulness today. Still, we're talking about fruitfulness. Today, we're going to focus on some things that you should see, things that should be happening as a result of the natural growth and fruitfulness. And so we begin in verse 8, talking about growing should be normal. Jesus says, by this, my father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. The first thing, if we're growing in the normal development of growth, is we should see fruitfulness in life. There should be a fruitfulness in life if we are growing normally. Back in verse 5 of chapter 15, this chapter, John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. In verse 8, Jesus said, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. So the idea is that we are to bear fruit naturally, like a fruit tree. It's the natural part of what happens in the life of a follower of Christ through abiding in him. When we abide in him, his fruit, the fruit is born naturally. Now, why is it that Jesus would use as an illustration for spiritual growth the idea of fruit, showing fruit? A few good reasons. First, fruit is noticeable. Fruit's something that you notice, you see. How can you tell if a fruit tree is doing well? It produces the fruit. 
People buy a fruit tree. When they don't see fruit, they begin to complain. I bought this for the fruit. It's not producing fruit. So something is wrong with the tree. Not only that, so it's observable, but by observing, you can tell what kind of fruit tree it is, right? You look at the fruit and you see oranges, you go, well, that's obviously a lemon tree. No, it's not. You know it's not a lemon tree. It's an orange tree because it's producing oranges. It's obvious by the fruit. So as a believer, there's an expectation that there will be fruit in your life that is noticeable. Fruit is visible. It's noticeable. And that shows, reveals that you are a believer because there's fruitfulness. Now, not everyone's output of fruit will be the same. And not always will our fruit be the same during different seasons of life. Uh, Jesus even said some will produce 30, 60, even 100 fold. But here's one thing about this fruit that's true in all cases. All of it will be produced as a result of abiding in him. It's produced naturally by abiding in him. It's the fruit of the spirit, the fruit produced by the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God being in a life and being abiding in Christ. Galatians 5, through 23 say, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he says, against such there is no law. The law governed. You don't need the law. You need the Holy Spirit. Because he'll produce fruit we don't want to govern. We want to let go. Notice that these fruits are not works. Things that you do, they are character traits, who you are. In fact, they're the character traits, if you look at them, which would make us reflection of Christ. They're his character traits. They happen to us. They come out of us as we abide in him. Now, although the fruits that we're talking about are not works, but are noticeable character traits, these character traits produce works in us because it's who we are. We do them not because I have to do them. We do them because it's who we are now. And so the character is transformed. Who we are, our heart is changed. And that produces works, other things that end up bearing more fruit, like a fruit tree that would drop after its flowers, drop the seeds and produce more like itself. So what are these things that come from us, come out of us as a result of the fruit being born in us? Well, one, clearly soul winning. That we would care. If you have a heart of love growing in you and you're concerned about others and you realize heaven, hell, unsaved, going to hell, then you go, I can't just stand by and let that happen. I want others to know they don't have to go there or that they are going there. They don't realize it. And there is a concern for soul winning. Romans 1.13, Paul wrote, Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. Hey, I had some fruit there. I saw some conversions, and I want to come to you too and see the same thing, to see your growing, your growth, your development, but also others coming to faith. But not only soul winning, 
holy living. Something else, a noticeable fruit from our life that ends up producing more activity or fruitfulness is holy living. Holy living just means that our life is is about letting go of the world and the things that distract us and produce no fruit. Remember, we talked about that last week where we're pruning the things that produce nothing for the kingdom of heaven and we focus on the things that do. Well, holy living is getting rid of the stuff that is not on his course for us, not on his path, and we start to focus on him and what he's doing, keeping our eyes on him. That's what holiness really is. Don't see holiness as perfect, though he is. Holiness is not all about being perfect because the holy vessels had no character to make perfect. It's about being set apart completely, cleansed and ready, not used for anything else but for the Lord. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second half of today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. If you're enjoying the teachings of Pastor Troy Neely and would like more information about this program, we invite you to visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. There, you'll find an archive of previous messages from the verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the books of the Bible. We'd also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, as you'll be able to gain access to the latest teachings as soon as they're posted. That website, again, is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We're blessed to be a part of your life through the teachings of this program, and we pray you're blessed as you continue to tune in. Now, back to Pastor Troy with more of today's message. And so holy living should be a part of of the fruit that people see. I am focused on the Lord. My priority is the Lord. I put the Lord first. Romans 6.22, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, I'm his servant. I serve him. You have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Some of us, we, we keep schedules nowadays. We have these phones, and, and, and we've got so much on our schedules, we have no time for the Lord or for His work or for the church and serving and building up the church community. I think life's out of balance. I think if we're going to schedule anything, we should schedule what's most important, which we do, we think. And if God is that important, we ought to schedule His stuff first. What is it you want me to be about? What is it you want on my planner? What is it you want for my life? What's your five-year plan for me? Oh, you won't tell me? Then what's your plan today for me? And do this day and each day what God wants for you. So holy living. Another thing that's very visible is faithful giving. Faithful giving. In fact, the New Testament says generous or hilarious. Just, I, I am so thankful that I can give rather than being the one who used to always have to receive. That's the idea. I can be a blessing instead of seeking to be provided for or for help. I can be a blesser. I can be a giver. The scripture says it's more blessed to give than to receive because the one who gives knows they're provided for. And so part of what we learn to do is trust in him in our giving. In expressing his appreciation for the faithful financial support from the Philippian church, Paul said, Philippians 4.17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account because of it. I remember for myself learning to give. 
You know, I wasn't naturally a, a giver, at least when it came to money. Other things, I'll help. I'll bring some donuts because I get some of those. And I get to choose which ones I bring. But money? Just, just let go of the whole cold, hard cash? Where does it go? What are they going to do with it? Are they going to do what I want them to do with it? How can I make sure that they do what I want them to do with it? This is my money. I worked hard for that $2. And that was not as a child either. I'm a 20-something in the military with a, a job who could have afforded to give much more to the Lord. But it was my first time. Here's what happened. There was a teaching. Giving was mentioned. They said, hey, and we have offering boxes. We don't take up a collection. I thought, hey, hallelujah, amen. They don't take up a collection. That's all I heard. But he said, um, you know, there's the offering boxes. Should the Lord move on your heart? Should you worship him? And, and then all of a sudden, like, I said, oh, man, it's like talking to me. I said, well, Lord, I'll just try to give you what's in my wallet. So I looked in there and saw like a 20 maybe, and, and all the ones that I had, were there were two of them. And I said, well, I know you don't need the 20. I need that. So I took my $2, and I gave it to the Lord. Now, I gave it with all my heart, and it was the very beginning of learning to let go and give. And, and what was so impressive is I got a, a giving statement at the end of the year. Two dollars. <laughs> it was my first year. <laughs> Here's what I realized, though. I was a young Christian, and I was excited. So it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't think, oh, I should give more. And I didn't think, that's all I gave. I didn't feel convicted, condemned, nothing. They didn't even make me condemned. They didn't even go, you get the pink letter that's two dollars and less, These other guys will give important letters. No, I got the same letter that said, hey, we value your contributions. So thankful that you would partner with us in ministry. And I thought, man, what I did, and I had totally forgotten about it. It matters. See, we we grow, we learn, we're able to let go. We understand that everything we have comes from the Lord. And that if I'm able to be a giver, it's because I've been blessed. Because I could be somebody who's needing help needing to receive, it is more blessed to give. It's the Lord who gives and takes away. You start to realize those things and add them up, and you become faithful in giving. And also another one, um, worship and thanksgiving. These things come from our heart. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And so we learn to give praise, to give thanks to the Lord. And it's a natural expression. It's part of that fruitfulness in life that can be seen. All of these are visible manifestations that growth is taking place. And let me add that we also know there are spiritual gifts But a spiritual person is not known by their spiritual gifts as much as they're known by their spiritual fruit. Don't think that, well, I'm just using my gifts. Look how gifted I am. That doesn't matter. I've seen many a teacher preach many an amazing message only to find out later on that behind the scenes they were doing things they shouldn't and then there was a fall and uh, we didn't know all of that. Whoa, what a powerful speech they had. Teaching, the gift of teaching was on display. 
So the gifts in operation don't necessarily mean maturity or spiritual. The fruits, these manifestations of the character, self-control being one of them. These are the things that we look for. Paul got onto the Corinthians because they were abusing tongues. They thought they were doing all the tongues and thought we're a spiritual group. And Paul got on to them saying, look, there's a greater gift that is also a fruit of the spirit, love. So I don't see that in display because you're not, you don't care about the others who are coming in. Unbelievers come in and they're like, this is weird. I've experienced that, actually, as a Christian. Someone invited me to a church, and we went to this church, and the the pastor was demanding that no one speak in English or in a known language, but a heavenly language, and everyone was jumping around and and speaking in tongues. And I was a a young Christian, and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I I don't want to be critical. I don't want to... I want everything you have for us, and I don't want to be critical of these guys, but... I got to be honest with you, this looks weird. This is weird to me. And after service, what was even more weird was seeing some of those same people who were so filled by the Spirit going out, arguing with each other, yelling at their kids, slamming doors, peeling out of the the driveway. Uh, What was that? What was all that in there? I mean, if you're that touched that you're flopping and moving and speaking in an unknown language, that should transfer into something productive. But it didn't. There was a big disconnect. There was gifts that were supposedly in operation, but there was no fruit. The fruit is more important to look for than just gifts. Fruit is noticeable. And God wants to produce fruit in our lives. Not only is fruit noticeable, but it's natural. So it's not forced. You don't see the branch of a fruit tree laboring, sweating, you know, drops. Oh, that tree is sweating. It's working so hard. No. It's attached to the vine, the main trunk, which is attached to the root system. And it just naturally produces fruit. If it's healthy, it produces fruit. Now, Jesus being our vine, if we're abiding in him, we're going to produce fruit. He's healthy. So the root system is extremely healthy. You don't work to produce fruit. You abide to produce fruit. See, when you abide, you begin to produce fruit. These are character changes. So so things change about your character. And that produces work. Different things that you do, different ways you respond. And it expresses itself which leads to uh, a third thing in comparing this to fruit. Fruit is nourishing. One reason we can compare fruitfulness or growth to fruit is because fruit is nourishing. It's noticeable, it's natural, and it's nourishing. Fruit trees don't produce the fruit for themselves, but for others. It actually serves to nourish others. You see... The Word of God, when we sit here and we take in the Word of God, we take in the Word of God, we want to hear something from Him, but it's to produce change in us so that as we are changed, we are different, and others benefit from those changes. We minister to those who are around us 
They benefit from the fruit. So when you come, you grow. It's about your changing so they benefit. It's not about you taking notes for them to change so that you can benefit from fruit. You see, the Word of God is alive and active, and when there is a heart ready to receive, they're the ones who begin to see the fruit, the change. Thanks for joining us today on Building on the Solid Rock. We hope you've learned some new things today as Pastor Troy taught through the Gospel of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We also have an archive of previous messages available to you free of charge, ready to be listened to online or even downloaded and shared with friends and family. We're so blessed to be a part of your life in this way, and we'd love to hear how you've been impacted by Building on the Solid Rock. Feel free to send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love being able to connect with our listeners in this way, and your feedback helps us continue to build this ministry. Next time, Pastor Troy will share more from the book of John and express additional examples of how Jesus proved he was unlike any other man that ever lived. Join us then, right here on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come